To all you risky personnel out there, whether you be volunteer or professional, this podcast is dedicated to you. Hey everybody and welcome to the Third Joker Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Severy, and I have a very different podcast from my YouTube today. This is actually about the, uh, it place in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. More specifically, it takes place at Mount Washington. It's about a harrowing rescue that took place back in 2010. Now, oh, at least I think it's 2000, yeah, October 2010. I'm sorry, I had to double check my notes on that. Now, Mount Washington, if you have never been there, it is quite a beautiful mountain. It is quite foreboding. It is home of the what is considered the world's worst weather, or at the very least, worst weather in North America. On the very top of it, there is a weather observatory. It does have scientists, and people can actually travel to this. Um, there is a an auto road. An, um, an auto road, I am very sorry about that, that actually goes up there on the backside of Mount Washington. There is a toll road, to, a toll to it. You can also take the uh, cog train, or the cog rail, up to the top of it, and that is, I actually did that last September with my son, and it, it is quite a ride. I'll be putting pictures of that onto the, uh, the uh, Third Shifter uh, Facebook page. And uh, while you're at it, there is another way to get up to the top of Mount Washington to the observatory. And that is hike one of the many trails that go up to it. And we'll get back. I'm going to give you some facts here about Mount Washington. I'll tell you what the a couple of the names of the trails are here in just a little bit. Now, as I said before, it is located in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Um... There that you get in New Hampshire is kind of it's kind of like most states here in, in the New England. The further south south you go, uh, the more populated it is, but the more north you go, you're uh, very sparsely populated. Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine are all the same way. And with that being said, that is where Mount Washington is located. That doesn't stop people from going up and traveling. It's at an elevation of 6,288 feet, and it was first ascended by Derby Field in 1642. That was, that was a long time ago, and uh, think of the conveniences we have today to actually probably make our way up. there. That was not a small feat, even though this, we're not talking like Mount Everest or, Mount Everest or K2, but this is uh, quite a feat for that age. And as I said a little while ago, it's also Mount Washington is known for its extreme weather. Um, and as I said, as I said, it's known for having the worst weather in the world, if not just North America. And with this last uh, January, with having a wind chill record broken of 110 below zero 
with a wind chill. That 110, wow, uh, yeah, wow. That's below zero, by the way. That's very, very cold. With a now, they've also had uh, world what word, sorry, world breaking uh, wind speed records with the highest wind speed record being 231 miles per hour recorded in April 12th of 1934. Now, according to uh, the guides that are up there, um, one of the guides that I that one of me and my son took our trip up there, he was actually telling us that out of 365 days a year. There's about 60 days of actual sunshine around Mount Washington. And he proceeded to tell us a story of how there was a woman. She was complaining about the views were horrible. It was all cloudy and overcast. And he had to explain to her that Mount Washington was not known for its beautiful scenery. Don't get me wrong. If, you, you know, take, if you're driving up there, if you're taking the cog train, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful ride. Unfortunately, that is not what Mount Washington is known for. It is known... For the world's worst weather. Now, people have died on Mount Washington. This is a fact. They say that an average of at least one person dies each year um, trying to traverse the slopes of Mount Washington. And there, like I said, there are several different trails to go. And usually what they recommend is to always notify people what trails you're going to go. Um... If you have a retreat plan, you're going to, you know, what your retreat plan is going to be because like, the weather does change on a dime. So you're going to want to have a back out plan. Where are you going to go? What trails you're going to be taking? And with that being said, people uh, do die up on traversing Mount Washington. Also, it is also highly recommended that if you are going to be doing any hiking in New Hampshire, uh, not just in the White Mountains, but all over the state, no matter where you go, there is a, an insurance that you can purchase through the state of New Hampshire. It's for hiking and outdoors. That is in the event that as you're climbing, you know, going up Mount Washington or you're going to hike and you get lost and you have to be rescued, it's basically an insurance policy to kind of that way you don't have to. You're not good. You're not going to be stuck with thousands of dollars because the state of New Hampshire will charge you if you have if they have to go and uh, pull you off top of the mountain. <coughs> Sorry about that. Now, what now? What is the the history of the Mount Washington Observatory? Like I said, there was an observatory up there. It is a weather observatory, and it was actually first. Uh, it was actually created in 1870, and it was operation from 1870 to 1892. That was so. Like scientists, weather scientists, can go up there, learn about weather patterns, and learn how to predict the weather more effectively. And that started in 1870. And back then, because, usually because of, fi of finances, uh, as usual, it actually shut down in 1892. Now, for many, many years, it was, you now the building still stayed up there, and they would actually have, it was actually set up for, you can go up there, you can hike, you know, st you know stay the night, they used the building for shelter and stuff. So it was somewhat maintained throughout the years, but 
1932, they reestablished the uh, the observatory. Now, this whole thing was actually started by the United States Signal Service, and that was actually a precursor to the National Weather Service. And that's how it all began. And to this day, they are still monitoring the weather patterns that surround Mount Washington. Now, as I said before, there are trails that you can take to climb up to the top of Mount Washington to the observatory. Now, there are two main trails. And those two trails are the Jewel Trail, which is actually uh, the uh, easiest to... Uh, to ascend, and the Akamanusak Ravine Trail. I hope I said that right. I apologize to anybody listening who's who realizes I just kind of butchered that name up. But as I said, the Jewel Trail between the two is actually the easiest. And that actually, the story that I'm about to share with you um, is going to be part of the Jewel Trail. Now, if you really want to get to know... Uh, you know, what options you do have. You can hike to the top of the Mount Washington Observatory and actually ride the cog rail back down to the base. That is actually a cost of $51. So a lot of people, uh, they, they'll either, they'll hike up and hike, hike back, or they'll just completely take the cog rail up. And also, but, um, now I was actually looking at a while ago, wanting to go on a hike. I am a big guy. I am out of shape. I am overweight. Me hiking up Mount Washington is out of the question. But I actually had gotten curious about the cost. There is a cost to hiking up and taking the cog rail down. That is, like I said, that's $51 one way. One way. That's all it is. And, uh... Now, before we actually get into it, there, there is some... um stuff oh before before i get into my little tirade on that there is um it's called the, the sugar hill and sugarhillin.com they actually do have some articles about mount washington they're one of several hotels and motels that are in the area and they're uh and they're uh on their website, it actually does say that the hike Mount Washington is not for the inexperienced hiker. You, basically, what they're saying is, is because of the treacherousness of Mount Washington, you need to be an experienced hiker. And that's really, and really, if you were to go on the cog rails, you'll see these little piles of stone um, up along the side of the mountain as you're riding the the trolley. And what you're going to be asking yourself is, what are these little piles of stone? And lo and behold, uh, there are actually, I can't remember what the proper name of them is, but they are markers. And there, of course, an experienced hiker is going to know what these are. They are a marker. They, they're spanned about 50 feet apart. And if you were the partner, uh, one of you has, one or both of you should both need to have like a 50-foot uh, mound of rope or cord with you. And what happens is you both, one, you both are at one of these piles of rock and one person will walk 50 feet out until they find that marker. They get through it, they give a little tug on the rope, and your partner will you know, follow the rope back up to you, and then repeat the process. Somebody goes out 50 feet until they find the next marker. At that marker, what they'll do is the 
the other person and they do this all the way up because the fog is very heavy and the pictures i'm going to post on the third shifter fan page or facebook page uh i you will see just how i mean that was actually a, a, not a heavy fog believe it or not but i'll be putting those pictures onto the third shifter web page for you to look at now <clears throat> This is not a very long, but I want to. Now. In 2010. There was a woman by the name of Pam Bales. Pam was a volunteer mountain rescuer. Uh, and she's had, she grew up in the White Mountains and in, in the base of Mount Washington. And she has thousands and thousands of hours of hiking in the White Mountains, particularly around Mount Washington. And now this is quite significant because this is her home. This is her home. She, the White Mountains, and particularly Mount Washington, are literally her playground. She grew up there. She knew she knows the temperaments of the mountains. She knows what to expect. She knows how to prepare. Thus makes her a fantastic rescuer. On this particular day, she was not going out for a rescue, but she was actually going just for a hike. And there are... <clears throat> I have a list of some of the uh, different articles that I will put down in the uh, show notes for you to look at. Or actually, I'll put down where you can where you can find them. Okay. And, uh, on this particular day, she was saying, she began her uh, hike up on the jewel trail. Like I said, that's probably one of the easiest, but she had a plan. She was going to go up, hike up the jewel trail up to the observatory and then make her way back down. Now, as she was hiking, she just, she was hiking and she discovered the weather was getting bad. So she actually changed out of her clothes, got into some warmer ones. And she was going to continue her hike up to the observatory, but she had realized that it was going to be a very dangerous feat for her to do. And so she made the decision to abandon the hike and begin hiking her way back down. Now, as she was hiking down, the snow was coming down. She has uh, snow goggles on. She actually now has a winter coat on, a heavier winter jacket, you know, to protect her from the wind. She has spikes. She's put spikes on her boots to help her give her better traction. And she then began making her way down. But as she's coming down the mountain, as she is returning back to her car, she notices in the snow uh, a set of footprints that are, that are not her own. Now, she has, as I said before, she has spent thousands upon thousands of hours in this, in these mountains. She knows the difference between boot tracks and sneaker tracks, and these were sneaker tracks. Somebody was up on the mountain, very ill-prepared for, for what Mount Washington can dish out. Now, Pam could have easily had just continued down the mountain and just called somebody to, hey, you know, we might have to go and... You know, somebody might have, might have might have died on top of the mountain, but she didn't do that. What she did was she, like I said, she is a trained uh, rescuer, 
and I'm I'm actually trying to find the name because I know I wrote it down because it was it was a very uh kind of a, a very I I can't remember what I wrote down I, I probably have in some other notes here I know I know I wrote it down no I, I can't find it I can't believe I didn't write any of this down like that she's part of a mountain rescue organization and volunteer and she was not going to let this person be up there but she started following the footprints and eventually along a, a cliff face she <clears throat> came across a young man wearing shorts sneakers a very light jacket nothing that's good for being on Mount Washington. And she made the decision that she's going to help this person no matter what. And she went up. The man was not coherent. He was actually starting to suffer from the early stages of exposure or hypothermia. And so she began immediately, you know, she introduced herself, said her name was Pam, and that she was a rescuer and she was going to get him off the mountain. And eventually, you know, she was able to, uh, she has training and in this and she began uh, administering emergency uh, procedures to get him, him warmed up enough so they could start making their way down the mountain and there there are thermal bags thermal sleeping emergency sleeping bags emergency blankets that you can tuck into your backpack um i was recommended very young for every every single uh hike you go on you should have one of these because you never know when you're going to need it but she got him covered up, started getting, and she had those uh, hand warmer, hot pot, um, hand pocket things. You know, they, they got, it's like white, and they got some, something like a, I don't know, something inside of them that when, once they're exposed to air, they begin warming up. And so she had a bunch of those. She was tossing them in there, putting them in underneath his armpits and his hands and between his legs, trying to get him, him warmed up. Eventually, she started getting him warmed up enough where he was coherent. Uh, he would not give her his name. So she started just calling him John, <clears throat> very common name, and that's. And when she started getting him warmed up, she actually had some you know extra clothes with her. She got, so she took pulled the extra clothes out, got him dressed, got him a little bit warmer, and they started making their way down the mountain. Now, please remember, this is as even though this is October, this is full on winter in the White Mountains, most particularly Mount Washington. And so as they were making their way back, this was not an easy hike. You know, you got probably now several inches of snow, and she's got stuff just for herself, never mind another person. She was not expecting to have to do uh, a rescue. And so as this person, John, he would try to get away from her. She would go and grab him and bring him back. She's trying to get him to talk. You know, he wouldn't t tell her anything about himself or why he was up there, why he was so ill-prepared. And as time went on, he began finally just complying. You know, they all kept sli sliding and falling. And, and she actually was getting all over him. You know, whatever time he started to give up, she would actually start trying to get him motivated, yelling at him, getting him to keep moving. Eventually, they did make it down to the base of Mount Washington. And so she went in, she got him into uh, her car, she got it warmed up. And as 
she started warming up. Things got warm. She was able to get out of the clothes and he gave them back to her. And she was trying to give him a talk. You know, why were you up to, why were you so ill-prepared? You know, in a very professional but stern manner. Eventually, John just got out of the car, went over to his car, and drove off. Now, in the midst of this, she, uh, Pam is just sitting there thinking to herself, you know, what the, you know, I mean, in my word, I probably, you know, I'm just going to say what the hell. Yeah, it's probably, you know, but, you know, we all know what word she probably, she actually used. And this bothered her for days. There was like no thank you, no nothing. But her answers about what happened on that mountain would come across a week later when she received a letter, or should I say the uh, rescue agency that she, uh, well, a part of actually uh, received a letter. Now, I actually printed out a copy of, the, of that letter so I can read it to you and what her, what Pam's boss actually said. Okay. Here's the letter. I hope this reaches the right group of rescuers. It is hard to do that, hard to do, but must try. Part of my therapy. I want to remain anonymous, but I was called John. On Sunday, October 17th, I went up to my favorite trail, the Jewel, to end my life. Whether it was to be bad, thought no one else would be there, I was dressed to go quickly. Next thing I knew, this lady was talking to me, changing my clothes, talking to me, giving me food, talking to me, making me warmer, and she just kept talking and calling me John, and I let her. Finally, learned her name was Pam. Conditions were horrible, and I said to leave me and to get going, but she wouldn't. Got up and had me stay right beside her, still talking. I followed, but I didn't think about running off. She couldn't see, she couldn't see me, but I wanted to only take my life, not anybody else, and I think she would have tried to find me. The entire time, we she treated me with care, compassion, authority, confidence, and impressed and impression that I mattered. With all, with all that has been going wrong in my life, I didn't matter. I didn't matter to me, but I did to Pam. She probably thought I was the stupidest hiker, dressed like I was. But I was never put down in any way. Chewed out, yes, in a kind way. Maybe I wasn't meant to die yet. I somehow still matter in life. I became very embarrassed later and never really thanked her properly. If she's an example of your organization professionalism, you must be the best group around. Please accept my small offer of appreciation for her efforts to save me way beyond the limits of safety. No, did not seem in her, to be in her mind. I'm getting help with my mental needs. They will also 
help me find a job, and I have temporary housing. I have a new direction, and thanks to a wonderful people like yourselves, I got your name from her patch and bumper sticker. My deepest thanks, John. <laughs> and he did he did give her them a, a small donation of cash to go to, to help that organization out. Now, there was a movie made on this rescue. The movie was called Infinite Storm. I got really curious about it. So I researched about Pam and the rescue. And it's actually a pretty good movie. I will say they took a lot of creative licensing with it. That I don't think a lot of the falls and the tumblings that had gone on in Pam's height. That the movie makes it out like the, she's falling down the side of the mountain. She falls into a, like a little snow cave. And and I think, uh, not no spoiler alerts. I, don't want, I think John falls into a river and she couldn't go get him as she goes on she finds him downstream in the water it's like i said they, it was there was a lot of creative licensing what i didn't really like about the movie was there was some nudity i didn't really care for that that to me that movie was not they did not need to put that in uh i'm not gonna say the actress uh if, yeah if you gotta you gotta know uh naomi watts she's she played pam bales in infinite storm and they showed her, you know, getting naked, going into a bathtub. And I that, that was completely not necessary. And also, of course, towards the end of the movie, you see her and John meeting up at a little diner to talk, which that, none of that happened. <coughs> no, I'm so sorry. My, my throat's just getting a little hoarse. Now... That was probably one of many, many rescues. And like I said, you could, you can, uh, you know, learn more about Pam Beals. Pam is no longer a rescue. You know, I don't think she even no longer lives in the, in the vicinity of Mount Washington anymore. She's actually moved down to the Southeast and she is a, now a, a, a trail guide for many of the different, uh, state parks that are down in the, in the Southwest, uh, I think Guadalupe State Park, and there was a couple of others. And if you want to know why she moved, she left the New Hampshire White Mountains, the place where she grew up and moved down there. Well, she's probably, you know, she's like probably many of us. She just kind of reached a point where, yeah, I'm tired of the snow and cold. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to continue doing what I love to do, but I'm going to do it somewhere where it's warmer. But if there's anything to get out of this, it's mental health awareness. You see... How many people do we know who probably go out into the woods every year just to end their lives? There's, um, I've actually watched um, search and rescue videos and TV shows where people are, you know, a body is found, they get up there and come to find out the person had ended their own life. That is why they, they went up there. And... This is where I'm going to get into, I'm going to talk a little bit more here about the seriousness of mental health. But first, uh, before I go into that, if you're going to go in up to the White Mountains, matter of fact, if you're going to go to any wilderness, if you go on any hike, even if it's just a day hike, you know, pack yourself some belongings, you know, have some stuff, have at least a little first aid kit, um, a, 
little portable charger for your cell phone, some some dried food, have a have a little bit of a way to be able to start a little fire in case. Some, sometimes things will happen. There are uh, like single-use emergency sleeping bags. I have one. I have that in my backpack that you can have. There's, I mean, plenty of water. Uh, your body can go at least a couple of days without food, but water, you know, actually you can go more than a few days without food, but you might be surprised how long you're, you can only go without um, water. So carry plenty of water. But more now, that being all said, and I'll probably do another podcast, probably, uh, you know what, uh, I have my fireside chat coming up. I'll probably get more into outdoor safety as we go on with that. But here's the thing. Our mental health is very is a very serious issue right now, especially we're on the uh, opposite side of COVID. And we're all we're all still suffering. Some people more than others. I got members of my own family who are still suffering from the from the after shocks of of the uh, of COVID nineteen. But more particularly of all how how it was handled. Um, I think we could have still had the disease out there and still and we wouldn't be having the mental health issues now that we uh, that we have. Now, at the end of it, there is. An emergency number that you can call. It's the 988. If you're just, you know, in a very deep depression and you need help, uh, go ahead and call that number 988, and uh, they can at least, you know, it's someone to talk to, and maybe that's all you need. Maybe you just really need somebody to talk to. So call 988. If you have not, yeah, I am pushing this because, you know. The dark, we need to get out of the darkness, okay? If you really, if that is, you know, or, you know, if you don't feel comfortable or you can't call a number for whatever reason, go look, you know, for a, your local pastor, your pastor at your church. Go see your doctor. Go see a therapist. You know, you know, get out of this. You know, you're not in this alone. And I... You know, there's an awful lot going on that we need to be more focused on. Okay? So, as I said, call 988. Find a therapist. There are uh, other, you know, if you physically cannot get to go see somebody, there are uh, apps that you can get. There's a better help. You can actually go they actually have a website you can go to. Um, Cerebral is another one. And there is another one that I am going to do some research on. I promise before we get to the part, next Fireside Talk, I will look this one up a little bit more. It's called uh, Talkspace. And all these are for mental health. Okay? So, no excuses. Guess what? You have all these avenues that you can go to to get help. If you need to, send me an email. Alright? Just... We can hash it out a little bit. You know, I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. I cannot give you suggestions on how to fix your mental health, but I'm an ear, okay? 
And with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this story. And the next uh, the next episode I'm going to be doing this month is going to be a fireside talk. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. And I might just go ahead and talk about hiking and hiking safety. I might go off onto a to a completely different tangent. But remember. You're not alone, and we are all here for you. First Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. And finally... God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is the Serenity Prayer by Ryan Hold Newber. Everyone, until next time, be safe.